0: Welcome back to another episode of the Cry Baby Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Megan. Happy February, guys. Today, I want to talk a little bit about love and all the different types of love that there are and why each of them are important. And I want to share a few little funny stories about my life as well. So let's get started. So love, it's in the air, right? It's in the air. It's on the greeting cards. It's in the pinks and reds that are overtaking the supermarkets right now it's the season of love or that's how we're supposed to feel this month right but it isn't always in the air like we think it is love doesn't always look the way we think it will look when I think about my own life and I look back over it and I realize that as I've gotten older and more mature and better adjusted to being alive in general some of the things that I was taught or happened to absorb by proxy were not exactly the best Like, the concept of romantic love was sold hardcore to me. I don't know if that's how you were raised or how you experienced it, but, like, it wasn't always, like, blatant and in your face, but it was there. Do you know what I mean? Let's time travel real quick. I was deeply in love with all things Disney and Mary-Kate Nashley Ashley when I was a kid. Most Disney movies feature the timeless trope of the princess being rescued or falling in love and living happily ever after and sunsets and castles and all that. I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. I think that Mulan was one of the first ones that I saw where I was like, oh, shit. Like, look at her. Look at her go. She's taking things into her own hands. She's dressing up like a dude and saving her family. Of course, you know, they had to add in that she was also in love with the commander of her troop. Heavy queer undertones there, but we're not going to talk about that today. (laughs) It's not, it's not a queer undertone podcast today, but Overall, Mulan was a story of determination and not letting your gender stand in the way of doing things that need to get done, which was empowering. However, however, I didn't see that movie until I was like 10 because it came out in 1998. So I had already kind of gotten a different perspective kind of ingrained in there with all the Snow Whites and the Cinderellas and the Aerials. Now, before you go thinking that I'm hating on these stories, I want to make it very clear. I am not. I love The Little Mermaid. Those songs are incredible. And it was my baby sister's favorite movie. So we watched it over and over and over again. I have a very special place in my heart for Ariel. And I also will always love Snow White. It's my favorite Disney movie of all time. None of the other princesses would have existed if the Snow White film hadn't done as well as it did. Plus, I too am pale with dark hair, and a mother who doesn't particularly like her, and now I have a house full of short men that I live with. My husband's not short. My kids are short. It's just, just, okay. Anyway, snow's my girl. Always will be. However, what I am trying to illustrate to you is a picture of the subtle ways that romantic love was more or less indoctrinated into us as little girls. Let's move on to Mary-Kate and Ashley. Now, I love... Mary Kate and Ashley. I can't say that enough. I was a member of their fan club. I owned their makeup and their shampoos and I would have owned their clothing line that was briefly at Walmart, but those clothes were so ugly. They like were nothing like they dressed on their freaking movies. Anyway, um, I watched every movie that I could get my hands on all of the little detective movies and then all of their Party movies like The Beach Party and The Sleepover Party. God help me, The Sleepover Party. And on top of all of that, I also looked like I could be their long lost southern third twin. Yes, I know that's called a triplet. I just don't do this. And I still love Mary Kate and Ashley now. Their style and their just ambivalence to the entire world. And also I listened to a podcast that is all about Mary-Kate and Ashley, and it's called the Gimme Pizza Podcast and I highly recommend you check that out. But if we're really going to talk about them, if we're really going to talk about the Mary-Kate and Ashley movies, it can't be overlooked that all of their movies, especially when they started to get a little bit older and their full length movies, they all had a love story or an entanglement wrapped into the story. In Passport to Paris, they rode on the back of those mopeds with those cute little... Parisian boys and then they met the angels down in Sydney that helped them catch the bad guys when they were in the witness protection program these movies are literally off the wall don't even get me started on the gorgeous boys and girls hello Megan Fox we saw you in the Holiday in the Sun movie Holiday in the Sun is my shit I still watch it every now and then it's like one of my feel-good movies the romance wasn't the main idea necessarily, but as a little girl who wanted to be Mary-Kate and Ashley, I kind of started to realize that not only was my life way different because we were really poor, but I also never found myself in a foreign land getting whisked off my feet by cute strangers. So I started to feel like maybe my life wasn't going well, but it was an unreachable an unattainable kind of life like it was not a realistic take at all of being a 14 year old girl it just wasn't like maybe it was for them but definitely not for normal people actually this reminds me of a story so one time my childhood bff and i were at the mall like all kids in the 90s were and we did actually meet two cute boys while we were there (gasps) My Mary-Kate Nash movie finally arrived. So we swapped phone numbers, and when we got home, Jessica called me, and I called one of the boys on 3-Way. And then he called the other boy on his 3-Way, and then we all merged, and we got to talk, all four of us at once. This is probably the most 90s throwback story I've ever shared so we were all chatting and having a good time and I thought that this was finally it that my Mary-Kate and Ashley moment had found me and we were gonna be on mopeds in like no time it always had to do with mopeds anyway but then we made the mistake of asking the boys which one of us they liked. Which is a mistake for two reasons. One, it puts these little boys on the spot. And they've probably never spoken to girls before in their life. And two, you don't get to tell me which one of us you like. The person I am now would have been like, well, I like you and Jessica likes you. So that's how it's going to be. But you can't go back, you know. Anyway, we asked them which one of us we they liked. And <laughs> they both liked Jessica, which hurt it hurt my feelings and I think they knew that because they decided to further elaborate which was also a mistake because they literally just made it worse when they said no don't get me wrong you're really funny and fun to talk to but Jessica's prettier like salt in the wound that was the nail in the coffin of my self-esteem and my Mary-Kate and Ashley moment there were no mopeds in my future god kids are weird that memory still hurts (laughs) I've said before, and I'll say it again, free stuff is the best, but free stuff for your Valentine's day is even better. So listen to this. When you go to adamandeve.com and select almost any item, you'll get 50% off and that's incredible, right? But that's not all. When you enter my exclusive code at checkout, crybaby, not only do you get 50% off one item, but you also get 10 free items and they are tantalizing. First, There's six free movies and a free mystery pack that includes a gift for them, a gift for you, and something for you to both enjoy, and there's free shipping. So head over to adamandeve.com and be sure to use my code CRYBABY because without it, there's no free Valentine's stuff, and that's just no good for anybody. So again, the code is CRYBABY, C-R-Y-B-A-B-Y, and thank you so much. So you're starting to see what I mean, right? Like, romantic love was interwoven into the fabric of my childhood and almost all of the social influences from a very early age, like pop culture, movies, television, even the music was all about it. I actually went down memory lane while writing this outline and I made a nostalgic love song playlist And I put the link in the show notes, so be sure to check that out. Not right now. Not right now. We're in the middle of a conversation, okay? Don't be rude. But um, yeah, I thought a playlist would be fun. And if you listen to these songs, you will hear the problematic lyrics. And maybe I'm overthinking it, but I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing when you are releasing content to the masses. You should have someone on your board of whatever's to overthink these kinds of things like for instance there's a bb max song on the playlist and the lyrics are like so i told you lies even made you cry baby i was so wrong but now i promise you now my love is true this is where my heart belongs so the whole song is written to make me feel bad about breaking up with a boy who lied to me and made me cry no no Um, it's no, it's a no for me, dog. So you see, you see what I mean. And if you don't, you will. Because once you start to hear these things and start to notice these things, there is no end in sight. And it kind of ruins things for you, but kind of not at the same time. And that's something that I'll talk about at the very end. But anyway, let's move on. And I feel like I need to say this. I'm not bashing romantic love, okay? Romantic love is very important. And I want to be very clear that it is an important part Of life and something that is a joy to experience. I've had amazing love in my life. Love that I look back on fondly and am very happy that I got to experience. I I would never, like I'm not bashing all romantic love. I'm not bashing romantic love at all. I'm just saying that it is not as important. It's not the most important thing. Even though my whole life, the things that I learned throughout my entire life would say different. From where I'm standing right now in this life, I know that it was never the most important thing. It's lovely, and it's fun, and it's exciting, and it's great, but it's not as important as everything was making it out to be. Especially in the contrast of how little the other forms of love were discussed and encouraged. Platonic love, right? Platonic love between your family members. Platonic love between your friends. Like, that is a very important love in my opinion. My platonic relationships have carried me through a lot in my life. And then there's the other form of love that I think is the most important because it all starts here is loving yourself. And good grief that was not talked about in my house. My mom was very vocal about her issues with self-esteem and God love her, you know. No shade and no hate, but she also married several men who did not deserve her as a result. And just, there were a lot of breadcrumbs, if I may, that were being trickled along my path, leading me down a road of romantic love where all my problems would go away. But I want to give time and hold space for the other forms of love that I mentioned. Like I said, I love romantic love. I'm very lucky to have had it and experienced it in my life. I'm also currently in love with my husband. And I I know that I'm lucky in that. And it's nice. It's wonderful. However, the other forms of love deserve their time. And who knows? There might be a 10-year-old little girl out there that might listen to this and have it be the thing that sticks with her instead of the idea that a man will fix all of her problems. You never know. So with that in mind, let's talk about platonic love. I'm here to tell you again about how great my email service is. It's called Flowdesk, and it's definitely worth checking out. But you don't have to take my word for it if you don't want to. They offer a free trial, which is 30 days. You can try their services for free and see how you feel before you commit. Once you've decided that you love it, and I know that you will, you can use my code at checkout for 50% off your entire subscription. My code is CRYBABY, that's C-R-Y-B-A-B-Y, and I wish you happy emailing. Go to flowdesk.com now, that's F-L-O-D-E-S-K.com, and check them out. Platonic love. I don't think I ever heard the word platonic in my younger years or my teen years. I could be wrong. And I feel like I do remember hearing it first in like a movie or something, but I can't place it. I feel like I heard it for the first time in college. And what platonic means is it's a form of a relationship that is intimate and affectionate, but not necessarily romantic. So like you hug your mom, right? You love your mom. You spend time with your mom. You have a really good relationship with your mom, but you don't want to date your mom. That's what a platonic relationship is. Now, if you do want to date your mom, I need you to go speak to someone, A professional and they can help you get your life back on track because that's not that's not how it works (laughs) but yeah that's what platonic love is wanting to be around someone and wanting to be in their life and be close to them and be involved with them without it being a romantic type of relationship now as I sit recording this right now I look back on my life and I see an abundance of this kind of love I had a lot of friends and I had like my best friend was my grandma And we had, you know, it wasn't perfect I'm not gonna say that we had a perfect relationship And we never fought And we never disagreed or anything But at the end of the day My grandma was ride or die on my team My whole life And she held me and cried with me when I was sad and she brushed my hair and she took me places and she helped me out and I helped her out and we spent time together and we fished and genuinely enjoyed being around each other. And I miss her so much. She um, has Alzheimer's and our relationship has changed as a result, but she is still there. And every now and then I get a little glimpse of who she is when she's having a good day. But it's just it's not the same and I do miss her a lot but that's what my like my favorite platonic relationship that I've ever had is the one with my grandma now when I got to my teen years my attention naturally shifted to a romantic love because like I said it was everywhere and I thought that it was the key so you know and it's high school you know like you're wanting to have a boyfriend because all of your friends have boyfriends and they're starting to wonder why you don't and you know whatever it might be I I don't whatever it might be I got Italian for a second Whatever it might be, I don't know how high school is going to work in the next couple of years or how it's even going now. I can't imagine. Um, but I'm hoping with more resources out there like this, talking about the different types of love and how romantic love isn't the most important type of love that maybe this generation will do better. Who knows? Time will tell. But in high school, aside from my romantic relationships, which were honestly a catastrophe, because I wasn't well I did have really great friends I I'll go into detail about all of this in a future episode but for now I just you know I had friends who would sit with me in my art room during lunch because I was too embarrassed to go into the cafeteria because I was being bullied or friends that would bring me food to school because they knew I wasn't eating at home and some of my friends even let me live with them when I was homeless their families like they took me in and made me a part of the family and the love that I had during that time in my life saved me in more ways than one and I didn't have any idea of how much I had just because I was placing all the importance on a romantic love. Now fast forward to present day. When I think about platonic love now, I not only have it, but I appreciate it. It fills me up. I have such a good core group of human beings that care for me and love me. A few years ago, actually, I was separated from my husband and I was living by myself. And while I was On my own, I did date here and there, but my friends were the ones that got me through everything and loved me while I was getting myself together, and they made my days bright, honestly. I told my husband today, we were discussing this episode, and I said, you know, if something should happen to us and our relationship ends or our marriage ends or whatever I would probably date every now and then, but I would more than likely just move in with Amanda and be just as happy. Amanda has been my best friend for the last, like, decade, I guess now. I don't know how we got so old, but here we are. And throughout a lot of crazy situations and stress and pregnancies, fights and disagreements and moving and living far away from each other and, you know, all of this stuff, we've stayed friends. And now that I am older and I have reevaluated my needs and my standards as far as love goes, loving friends that enrich your life are one of my primary sources of joy. And honestly, romantic love is secondary, as it should have been all along. Moving on to the main one, the biggest one, the master of all, the gatekeeper to true happiness and fulfillment in your life. That's right. We're talking self love. Now, before we get going, I want to say to the person who's listening to this that might not have the best system of loving yourself in place, okay? I'm talking specifically to you. If you struggle with self-love, I want you to hear me when I say that I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I know that self-love is not like flipping on a light switch. It's not an easy thing to learn or implement in your life, especially when society has taught you to consistently look outward to find what you need to be happy. I know, I know, I know, I know. I want you to know that I know. And I'm sorry. I wish it was simple, like you click your heels and all is well in the world, but it's not like that. I'm 33 and I'm only just figuring it all out. I'm a work in progress, as we all are. And I'm only starting to piece all of this together through deep introspection, years of voluntary solitude, and therapy. I get it. I don't want you to think that if you don't have a good practice of self-love right now that you're doing something wrong or that you're failing or that you never will okay I know that it's not easy however it's so important it's so so important and most of the things that are worth having in your life are not easily obtained you always have to do the work most of the time like very very rarely in my life have things just landed in my lap so I, I get it but let's try okay As I look back over my life, I can pick out key moments in time where if I had known my worth and my value, the things that I was struggling with might've stung a little less. Like, I'm not saying that loving myself could have cured me of my mental illness or erased the abuse that I experienced or whatever. I'm not saying that. Of course I'm not. That's delusional and it's not based in, it's not rational to think, it's delusional. What I am saying is that it could have softened the blow of some of life's more challenging times. I had a very shaky sense of self-worth. And as a result, I took a lot of things personally and I internalized them to the point where my self-esteem just kind of dwindled. And as a result of that, I found myself in a few situations that I never would have been in had I known that I could say no and set boundaries. It's just, it's a line of dominoes. That one domino falls over and they all come crumbling down. Now, all of this kind of stems from not having a good sense of self-worth and self-esteem and self-love. It starts within. It has to start within. It has to start with you. And then what you have to do is find peace with who you are and within yourself cultivate a rich inner life and love yourself so deeply that nothing can shake you. It has to start with you though. Has to. You're the only one who has to live with you for the rest of your life. You're the only one who's with you all the time. All the time. Do you know how annoying I can be? obviously I mean of course you do you're here right now so yes you know that I can get annoying obnoxious exhausting then you add in the fact that I have mental illness I have anxiety and I have depression and I have stuff that I need to do but I can't focus on it because I have ADHD like the list goes on I'm incredibly annoying but that's not all that I am you know and since I can't just take a walk and leave myself behind at the house and come back after I have a nice break like you can't get away from yourself you're literally with yourself all the time I highly recommend working to be your own best friend. Do the things that you love. Like what you like. Own your mistakes. Be humble. Do the work. Be teachable. Be soft. Be strong. Set boundaries. Love yourself. As long as you aren't hurting anyone, honestly, f**k what other people think. (laughs) Now, when, now this is the downside because of course there's always a downside. It's not all, you know, bubble baths and whatever else you think self-love might look like. Self-love is also learning It's okay to say no and that it's okay to set boundaries. It's a way of protecting yourself and it's also a way of showing other people how to love you well, and sometimes people need that. There are some things that I've done in my life that have upset people that I never would have known if they didn't say anything, you know? So setting boundaries and using your voice, saying no, all of these are tools to help protect what you are working to achieve. However, setting boundaries and saying no can often feel like you are letting other people down, and it can also lead to a reevaluation of the relationships that you are involved in. When you start down the road of self love and you start to make strides, you start to make progress, you start to feel better in your skin and not be so worried about what other people think, you start to sometimes lose friends and relationships and sometimes even family. Like people start to either fall off. Leave on their own accord, or you have to come to the decision within yourself that you might need to take a step back or sever ties with these people. And that's not fun, ever it's never fun to lose a friend. It's never fun to recognize toxic behavior in people that you've trusted and allowed around you for so long. It's not the fun part of self-love. Like this is not the clay mask glass of wine sitting in a bubble bath moment of self-love. This is the hard setting boundaries, loving yourself enough to recognize when someone else is not loving you well and having to have a conversation about that aspect of it. And so it is not all wine and roses. It can be very challenging and. In a lot of ways, it can feel like you're taking step backwards or that you are being a, quote, bad person or a bad friend or a bad partner. I want you to sit with those feelings, though, because ultimately you understand you better than anybody else and you know what you need and you know what you don't need more than anything else. And if you find yourself at a crossroads on your path to self-love and it's very clear that someone in your life is going one way and you're going another it is okay. It is okay to break up with friends and partners and and family. And it's okay. Even then, it doesn't have to be like a breakup. You never speak to me or my son ever again, you know, kind of energy. You can just put some distance in there or set some boundaries or maybe, you know, make some changes. It doesn't always have to be like an end all, like the end of everything. But like I said, losing a friendship, losing a relationship or even having those relationships change in any sort of way. It's not always the most fun. This is another downside as well is that on your journey, you may find some things about yourself that you aren't particularly fond of aspects of your personality that you don't necessarily like or things that you are struggling with that you can't seem to get a handle on. Actually, sometimes you might find out that you are a toxic person. I myself have found this several times in my life where I've been the toxic friend, the toxic girlfriend. Ooh, the toxic girlfriend. Anyway, I've made some mistakes and I'm not always a great person. And there is power in being able to admit that and see that and not punish yourself forever for a string of mistakes that you might've made. Learning how to overcome it with yourself, like within yourself and moving forward. And sometimes that means... Severing ties or making changes or creating distance or setting boundaries, like I said, it's not always easy, but it is worth it. I've lost and gained and lost and gained friends my whole life, but I have been the toxic friend before. And, you know, out of respect for the friendship that I have with people, I have no problem with admitting that I've done something wrong and apologizing for it and then kind of just letting it work itself out. But I also don't punish myself for the rest of my life. I don't know if this makes any sense. But like, yeah, this is the not Instagram aesthetic aspect of setting boundaries and finding a way to love yourself better. This is the part that hurts and this is the part that's uncomfortable and you might want to avoid or run away from or deflect. I get it. But you got to push through. All of this is in the process of your own growth and your process of cultivating a life that you are proud of, that gives you peace, that brings you joy, that empowers you and strengthens you and motivates you to be a better person every day that you open your eyes and wake up. Again, you're the one who has to spend the rest of your life with you. So, in my poetry book, Where Does the Dark Live? Available on Amazon. It says, like, what a shame it would be to miss out on loving me. And, you know, I'm sure that some people read it and projected it. Like, my ex-boyfriend doesn't even know what a shame it's going to be to miss out on loving me. And that, you know, that's fine. It's all subjective, right? But I wrote it about me loving me. Like what a shame it would be to get to the end of my entire life and look back over my years and realize that I wasted so much time disliking myself or punishing myself for things that I should have already forgiven myself for or getting hung up on the way my body looks or the way my hair looks, whatever it might be. Like 90 I'm hoping, I'm hoping for 90. I'm pushing for 90. And if I get to 90 and I look back, I don't want most of my life to be filled with years that I didn't like myself. I don't want that for me. And I don't want that for you. And I want you to hear that and decide that you don't want that for you either. And that you are worth loving from the inside out. And when you start loving yourself inside first, You project that love outward in how you carry yourself and what you allow into your life and what you're willing to accept from other people. And it will transform your entire life which is why I have been saying this whole time that romantic love is not the most important love. The most important love is the love that you have for yourself because that is the foundation that all the other forms of love are built on. If we're gonna do this metaphor, we need to do it right, okay? Love is a house. The foundation is self-love. The walls and the roof and the plumbing and the electrical are friendships. And then I feel like things like countertops, rugs, light fixtures, that's romantic love. So if that's how the house is built, right, it makes sense that if you start trying to go back to the beginning and work on loving yourself that some parts of the house might not remain intact. It all starts by being built on a foundation of you loving yourself. You know what you're worth. You know what you're willing to accept. You implement boundaries. You say what you want. You like what you want and you don't care what other people think. This episode was really to be kind of the antithesis of what Valentine's Day is set to represent. It's supposed to be about dates and romance and love and lingerie and all this stuff. But like I wanted to go a different route. I planned to go into D tell about self-love and tips on getting better at loving yourself in a future episode but this episode was meant just to be as like a highlight reel of all the different types of love and why they're important and to further illustrate the point that is romantic love is not the only form of love there is and I don't think that it is the most important one and it's definitely definitely not the only route to happiness fulfillment and your happily ever after before I leave you let's end at the beginning I have a very vivid memory of myself when I was like eight, nine, maybe. I don't remember. But I had somewhere during my day, I had decided that I was going to be the first female president. Yep, me. And so I gathered my entire family that night in the living room and made them sit as I read a speech that I had prepared. And... I mean, it included a plan to end world hunger, which had absolutely no sources whatsoever. And I'm pretty sure I spelled a lot of things wrong, but I nailed it. And I felt really good. That is the kind of energy I am manifesting for me for the rest of my life. And I wish the same for you. That little girl could not have been told a thing. She wore what she wanted. She ate what she wanted. She did what she wanted. She watched what she wanted. She just lived. And she, like... Man, when I think of myself before I hit like... I guess puberty, really, I did have an insanely rich inner life. I spent so much time with myself. I was outside. I climbed trees. I swung on my tire swing by myself. I used to, like, write songs in my head. I would catch ladybugs, put them in this, like, jar, and then when it got full, I would release them all at once and watch them fly up out of the jar. It was, like, magical, and, like, I did not give a crap what anyone thought of me at all it didn't never it never crossed my mind and that's what I want to carry with me for the rest of my life and I want that for you too you deserve that we all do guys I hope you enjoyed this episode I hope that what I was trying to say came across you know sometimes I get really overwhelmed with what I'm trying to say and it doesn't make any sense but I'm I'm thinking that it did I'm hoping that it did and I hope that you leave this episode feeling a little lighter and refreshed and motivated to begin to cultivate your own inner life with yourself it has to start with you and you can do it I believe in you and please listen if you heard something that just really hit or if you have a question or you want me to elaborate on something or if you have a specific thing that you're struggling with when it comes to loving yourself send me an email I would love to talk to you about this I appreciate your feedback always and Again, the email address, thecrybabyclub at gmail.com. Don't hesitate. Thank you so much for listening, and I will catch you next time on the Crybaby podcast. Mwah! If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing to our podcast and leaving a rating and a review. It helps us out so much, and we really appreciate it. For more Crybaby Club content, you can check us out at thecrybabyclub.com and follow us on Instagram at thecrybabyclub underscore. Don't forget the underscore, people.